word up, it's Havoc91. We'll take care of business, <laughs> and we'll have some fun. And when the party's over, hear the fat lady sing, PN and Josh are the freshest of their... Do their thing. <laughs> yo, baby. Yo, baby. Yo. Yo, baby. Yo, baby. Yo. <laughs> Uh, my absolutely favourite moment of the show, maybe. Apart from like killing Abdullah the Butcher in the middle of the ring, the rap is just, yeah, absolutely amazing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. They call me Mr. Boombastic. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> I heard it at the weekend. I was like, oh, that's a banging tune. <laughs> <laughs> I have been pitching for you to come up with new intros and outros and stuff, so I'll go with it for now. And today we are joined by my good buddy, Nick. How you doing, man? Yo, yo, yo. I don't know the rest of the crime time. <laughs> <laughs> intro. Uh, that, that'll do. Nice. Do you want to just call you Nick? Or yeah. you got like some gimmick name you want to run? No. Just okay. a minute. Please don't hiss in the mic again. Sorry. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today we are doing WCW's Halloween Havoc 1991. But first, hello video. We have a cool little segment to do. So I think you should go first. I think situation. you should go first. Uh Okay. No, yeah. but yours is no. good and mine is yeah. not so good. So is That's the other right. Way? Okay, all right. We'll do it this way. Yeah. So, it was your birthday. It was. And you've been through some shit times recently. So, <laughs> i got you things. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Happy birthday to you, sir. This is unnerving. Do I have, like, tools to... Oh, thank no, God it's I, already pre-opened. I've already opened it for you. <laughs> thank goodness. I would lay it flat if I were you. Oh. See all the fragile stickers on it. Oh, my God. This sound bodes well. Internet. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's your favorite wrestler in the whole wide world it's actually devalued it by him signing it <laughs> i don't want to sound ungrateful so thank you very much for my gift but fuck me i hate chavo guerrero <laughs> is it not the best thing ever though it's signed by chavo guerrero when did he even wear <laughs> doesn't look like him in any way shape or why form why have they given me a figure of jinder mahal <laughs> <laughs> Signed by Chavo Guerrero. Had tough times for the Mexican warrior. Oh, I know, yeah. It's an absolute disgrace, isn't it? Well, happy birthday. <laughs> We'd appreciate that. I mean, if things are going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, it can only get go up from here. Oh. Because I actually did find your favourite wrestler. Oh, my God. <laughs> Out flipping standing. <laughs> you see I what's mean, written on him? Yeah, look on the back. I bloody love my man <laughs> from the 5150. It says K-Dog on the back. It fits in with the story and everything. Yeah, man. You see About how he called himself K-Dog when he called up Terry Taylor. It was just like, you know. Bloody love it. Or yeah. Bruce Pritchard, whichever one it was. See, it, it's I, proof that I listen to the podcast as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. And Conan, I know you listen to the podcast, so check it out. Someone's given some royalties to you somewhere. <laughs> Yay, 12 Conan. years ago. Yeah. Cool. So if you're enjoying this video, go listen to the podcast. Just go to worldwrestlingpodcast.com and listen to it. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Do you know how much, how hard it was to find that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm lost for words. It was really easy because no one else wanted it. <laughs> I mean, can you bid lower than a penny on eBay? Well, it cost me a bit more than that, but not oh. much, I'm going to be honest. I, I appreciate the generosity and I'm going to treasure it until my daughter gets hold of it and goes, Ooh, Chavo! <laughs> and then I'll disown her. <laughs> Mate, you do whatever you want with it. You don't even have to keep. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm oh convinced. no, I'm keeping it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And the bar has now been set. The thing is, it's going to be pretty rare, at least. 
because no one else is going to have it. <laughs> Turned away from my reaction from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're doing WCW's Halloween Havoc 1991, the stage podcast. Uh, do you want to go through where it is and all this sort of stuff? Because that's your spots and I stole them from you last week. Uh, no, I, I got quite relaxed. So I was like, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to chill out and watch the pay-per-view. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're at the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The attendance is about 8,900 officially, but um, yeah, who knows? It looked yeah. a bit smaller than that. It no. didn't look like nearly 9,000 uh, people. But, uh, 27th of October, 1991. Turner Home Entertainment presents da, 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 the shittiest Halloween music you've ever heard in your life. Oh, Holy spooky. 1991. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in stereo, we're available. <laughs> yeah, gotta love that. Um, Basically, we start with an intro video with spooky things, with fake smoke and graphics, with black and white floating kind of upper torsos of people, not just their heads. It's like whole chest and neck and stuff. Uh, we've got Ron Simmons, uh, Barry Windham, Abdullah the Butcher, Kevin Nash, Rick Steiner, Giant Gonzalez, Lex Luger, and Sting as floating heads. Nearly all of those people are in the opening match. Yep, yep. I like a floating head. <laughs> Do you? Uh, just I said it's Halloween spooky <laughs> oh fuck it up there is a bit of a there was a bit of a change in the match go on uh, there was supposed to be uh, El Gigante yeah Sting and the Steiner Brothers against Oz the Diamond Stud and the One Man Gang and Barry Windham uh, Cactus Jack replaced Oz, Big Van Vader replaced Wyndham, and Abdullah <laughs> the Butcher replaced Gang because one man gang left. Because he quit, didn't he? Yeah, oh, okay. right before it. Because it wasn't complicated enough, we had to have all the other bullshit. Yeah, I don't know why he, like, on a, Barry Wyndham got injured. Okay. So oh, we'll, we'll that was, that's why he wasn't in it. Yeah. Oh, poor Barry. Oh, well, let's get to that in a second. Hang on, let's yeah. not skip ahead too much. So that's that's <laughs> like, why he yeah. wasn't in it, but I don't know why they changed like Oz because he was still on the card. That yeah. made no sense. Because he's shit. Yeah. Hey, Probably. hey, he'd recently <laughs> lost his like odd mask. Oh, Oz really? was becoming yeah, more Oz was becoming more legit despite as we'll find out later, not brilliantly. But yeah, this <laughs> whole card, start to finish, was a massive cluster. Because it looks like everything they had, they tore it up last minute. And as, as Nick was saying, half the guys who are in this match were removed from this match and then yeah. put into other matches later in the card. So this pay-per-view was around the time in 1991 where Ric Flair had defected over to WWF, WWE, and taken the big gold belt with him. That's why when we see in the main event, the, uh, the WCW title is odd-looking. I did wonder. Hmm. Um, and this is also the time that uh, WCW is trying to re-establish itself. It was on a, a bit of a downturn. Dusty had come back earlier in 1991, um, and TBS was sort of hoping that Dusty would be able to uh, help relaunch WCW and use his skills similar to how he did Jim Crockett in the uh, in the early 80s and maybe turn WCW around. But, uh, no. <laughs> Not until a man called Eric Bischoff came along. I don't think that WCW really had a fighting chance. Like they've still got the, you get disqualified if you get knocked over the top rope brawl. Yeah, I didn't, I, I really don't like that rule. I've no, never liked that rule. it's terrible. It ruins a lot of momentum in the matches and yeah. it gets really screwy towards the later of the night because they keep using it for finishes and things. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but again, they, they kept contingent with their rules hmm. throughout the pay-per-view, so if a 10-count was getting interrupted, Jim Ross would happily say, and now the 10-count's been interrupted, we've got to start the count again. So at least it's explaining how things worked in WCW. So as you said, we've already covered where we have our wonderful video package to begin with our floating heads. We start inside the arena, we've got good old JR and Tony Schiavone. Now... Before I even go on to the next part of them running down the card, 
Jim Ross. Jesus Christ. The more I watch old Jim Ross and I watch Attitude Era Jim Ross, mm-hmm. Paul Heyman made that guy when he came across. Because his commentary of Jerry Lawler was all right. But as soon as Paul Heyman joined on commentary, Jim Ross had to up his game because Paul Heyman was very much like, I don't give a damn what you're going to do. Heyman made, Heyman and JR was JR's best runners of commentator in WWE. <laughs> JR is the better yeah. of the commentators in this show, but it's Tony Schiavone that he's up against. So it's like... That'd be like saying JR was better than a pile of mashed banana. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And the mashed banana is better than Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Did you not instantly go, what the fuck is that cage? As soon as they cut to the arena. Yeah, it's like a mix between the Punjabi prison and the Hell in the Cell, isn't it? It's very wobbly looking yeah. as well. Like It didn't look solid at all. It looked very <laughs> unstable. Whoever built this deserves a slap on the wrist. Like oh, Whoever, yeah, whoever built the switch deserves <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> the levers and stuff. Yeah. Like, so, holy shitballs, we cut to a tape segment in a car park with a very, very young Eric Bischoff. Cactus Jack and Abby pull up in a car. And get out, and Cactus goes, bang, bang, and walks away, obviously. Uh, the Diamond Stud, who we all know as... Reza Ramon. Or... Scott. Thank oh. you very much. And DDP turn up in a car, and kind of go, hey, <laughs> walk past, like <laughs> nothing really happens. I like all the valets there, yeah. especially like Mankind. And it's like Cactus Jack and Abdullah just turning up in a rental car. Wait, who's the valet then? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean out of like, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, the car valet, yeah. Taking the car. I yeah. thought you meant yeah. like walking to the ring valet. <laughs> Missy Hyatt just ran around and getting all the cars. I thought you meant like either Ab- Abby was the valet for Jack or Jack was the valet no. for Abby. No, like, <laughs> which one's more of a valet? Who gives a shit at this point? Like, <laughs> So and then Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes pull up in a car, uh, are attacked by Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco. They slam a uh, car door on Wyndham's arm. And this is why he isn't in the main event or whatever, the opening yeah, match. Yeah, I think he was injured already, but that was just to get him out of the match. All right, okay, so it's Kayfabe getting him out, yeah. I've put um, on here my, uh, what would you call it, the autocorrect. Yeah. I, I put poor Barry Window. <laughs> yeah. I nice. love an autocorrect. <laughs> I'm like, that's not right, I'll leave it in. It's Good fine. old Barry Window, <laughs> as he'll be known as now for the rest of the pod. Fucking <laughs> like yeah. Got anything you want to say about this opening segments? I like the fact how Rhodes jumped into the other side of the car and yeah. they just sped off straight. He's had his arm slammed in a door. Quick, drive him to the hospital. Yeah, because someone's about to get electrocuted and it's going to be all right and no one's going to really care. <laughs> but I'm going to drive him to the hospital just in case. But I'm going to return later for my match <laughs> and Barry's going to stay in the hospital. So, speaking of which, we're straight into the Chambers of Horror match. Which, by the way, go on. if you notice, it's all main event absolutely wrestlers yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I found really weird well, the main nowadays, event is in our generation at least I'm not sure they were at this point all of them most of them were uh, Sting was oh, there's a whole bunch that are yeah definitely but it's just, it, it kind of annoyed me because like nowadays if that happened it'd be like why are they in the pre-show or whatever or like in the opening match why yeah. are they doing that they should be like, I mean that is definitely a question I have about this match yeah <laughs> like, well they in, in modern so WWE they sometimes if they've got like a televised show or they want some if their pay-per-views up against something like an NBA playoff like they put Cena versus AJ as the start of a card for a world title match so to try and get people to watch it on the network again. yeah yeah, true true um, but as you said seeing obviously what is a marquee match for this <laughs> but I, I, it sounds so positive it was fucking terrible i wonder if the reason this went on first is because they didn't have like a suitable pulley system at the top of the arena <laughs> no, as in to lift the cage up okay. so they had to break it down completely and take it out so it was it, it was above oh, the okay i oh, was it yeah if you look well, the whole go, the whole yeah, cage was if you go back and look uh, later on in the night and look up 
It's above the ring the whole night. I'm not going to go back and rewatch to check. (laughs) (laughs) I might. I might. I'm going to be honest. This is one of my favorite shows ever. I loved every moment of this. I thought it was fucking brilliant. It's god awful. It's great. I appreciate your suggestion. It was my introduction to WCW back in the day. My my cousin used to lend me VHS tapes because I didn't know. And back then, I didn't know anything other than WWF. WCW tapes would be rare back then. Like you see one or two in WH Smith, maybe, but that's about it. Yeah, I never knew any other wrestling company existed other than WWF back then because I was like five or six yeah so i was like i didn't know so he just used to lend me like five or six tapes a month and that was that was the first one of the first ones i put on and it's always stuck in my mind that chamber of horrors match always (laughs) my introduction to wcw in a similar i didn't know there was anything outside of wwf at the time until i was one christmas uh my father who was quite shambolic with money had decided he was going to take me and my brother to toys r us on boxing day to buy us our christmas gifts (laughs) cool now my brother quite keen fan of sylvanian families as a young man, yeah, and me quite keen on wrestling, so I'm standing looking at these wrestling figures, and then I see these just plastic, no movement WCW figures, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's Ric Flair, who was in WWE at the time, didn't have like a Hasbro figure." And I was like, "I'm going to ask for Ric Flair." My brother decided what Sylvania's going to have. My dad decided we're going to have a Scalectrix that he played all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so the Chamber of Horrors match, you've got Abdullah the Butcher, Big Van Vader, Cactus Jack, and the Diamond Stud. A.K.A. Scotty Hall. You swapped over that time. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Against El Gigante, Sting, the Steiner brothers of Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Correction. It's El Gigante. Is it El Gigante? Yeah, that's how he gets pronounced. Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. As the What was he billed as? The tallest athlete in the world. When yeah. The tall, I've never the seen a jobber in the world. I've never <laughs> seen a tall athlete have to jump over the rope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they always like, you know, they step over the top rope and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is really easy." He had to jump. Yeah, he had to hop a little bit. <laughs> I also uh, can't take El Gigante uh, seriously when he's not covered in a fur bodysuit. I did, I did miss it. Yeah, like the fur yeah. cod piece and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, I need that back. But that's a shame. So uh, let's talk about this staging to start with. So we've got haunted house, we've got tombstones, and occasional spooky kind of pyro as well. What do we think about it? Uh, for the time, probably like, oh, they put a lot of money into this. This is quite creative. Uh, it hasn't aged well, has it? No. It's, it's a bit it's troublesome not, at times. It's not the big pumpkin that they used to have back in like the Attitude Era. Yeah, it's not that, but it's, I thought it was all right. Yeah, for I, the time, I thought it was pretty impressive for the time. Like they put again with WCW, they put a lot of work in the staging. Less so with the wrestling. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I do miss that walkway though, that ramp. As they, as JR mm. kept calling it, it's not ramp, it's a walkway. Because <laughs> ramps It really annoyed me when he kept doing that. I was like, no, it's a walkway. Okay. <laughs> I've, like, ne- I've never been a fan of those. I, I like them to go down and then step up onto the ring rather than walk straight into the ring. And I know that like I, this is a big thing. Hogan loved that type of ramp as well. Yeah, that's. Um, it's because he didn't have to walk up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's pretty good for camera work in that one of the camera guys can stand on that ramp, which is level yeah. with the ring. Mm. But we'll get onto cameras and stuff in a second. It was good. It was good in ECW. When, uh, was it Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow? Yeah. Got on his back and just went straight through, through the room. Yeah, yeah, that was a good laugh. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the rules of this match. I, they don't really explain it very well, but as far as I understand from watching it, the idea is to get one of your opponents into this electric chair, which currently isn't in the ring. So oh, I wonder where that's coming from. <laughs> and then pull a lever, which electrocutes the person in the ring, right? Yep, that's basically it. Yeah. So this is a match where we're going to murder a human being. Yeah, pretty much. And as I said earlier, Barry Windham taken to hospital because he got his hand shot in a His name's door. Barry Window. Sorry, Barry Window. <laughs> I've, got, I've gone back on my own <laughs> bloody rule. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, we get this amazing from, uh, what's the 
uh, commentator, the uh, announcer's name, Michael Capetta. Yeah, Michael Capetta. Gary Michael Capetta, is that his name? Yeah. F- from uh, the oh, AWA I didn't get what his name was. The announcer says, we're going to have an electrifying first contest. <laughs> Brilliant pun. Uh, a person with very sparkly trousers helps Vader through the spooky house door because Vader's wearing his giant like bull helmet thing with the spooty kind of like... What do you, how do you describe it? It's this? a curious headpiece. I fucking love it. I remember him watching like music a, in Japan. It was amazing. Uh, like uh, elephant type. Yeah, it's an elephant, it's isn't like it? The, you know the old... You know Ice Age. Mastodon. That's the one. Mastodon's nice. Yeah, I think it's one of them. I'm not. I I could be wrong. Whatever. I've always thought of it as that. It's fucking amazing. The 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 the, what the cannon things that are like. How do you describe them? Like air cannons, I guess. I love that idea. But he takes it off almost immediately. That's because he can't see where he's going. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why you've got someone guiding him out the door of this spooky house. You know, Vader's probably been like, I am. a kind of a big deal and my main I'm I'm a main event wrestler but what I'm doing is I'm going to be rolling around about <laughs> the butcher and hope that I don't get electrocuted and that's why I took it off because it might be, have metal on it so can you imagine the conductivity I of mean, his head I think we're going a bit before. far maybe just to find this first how you're saying so uh, Cactus Jack as he comes out has a fucking chainsaw standard <laughs> so Sting beats his chest so hard that his US belt falls off of his waist that I thought was an <laughs> yeah. awesome moment um, and then basically, I'm not going through all the introductions, fuck that shit. But Sting gets rushed on the rampway and we kick off straight away. I have a quick, uh, just for the introduction. Go for it. Did Scott Hall ever ha- actually have a gimmick or was he just himself? Because every gimmick what, he's had. the diamond stud? Or? He's had that toothpick. Oh, okay. And he's always, <laughs> he's always walked the same. He's always had the same kind of. I mean, Razor Ramon, Mang, <laughs> was a gimmick. Mang. Yeah. His, his voice, said, his voice was a gimmick. After the end of everything, but he was still himself. You watch the Diamond Stud and go and watch. Yeah, it's exactly the same. He's, yeah, he I guess had so. a different voice or a different accent mm. as Razor Ramon, but other than that, everything else is exactly the same. So there you go, Internet. Why has he never been a world champion? Didn't evolve his character. Mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think he should have been, especially have been, in the yeah. NWO Wolfpack days. He was way better than Kevin Nash. <laughs> Quadzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So uh, immediately I question who's on which team because I have no idea. I'm just watching dudes wrestling badly. Yeah, they didn't come out together either, did they? No. Um, they didn't have their own music. Yeah, they still stinking. I, I swear they didn't even come out in order of which teams they no, were. No, it was in. like one at a time, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, oh, this team, then that team, then this team, then that team. Again. Yeah, I just like It was like war games. Yeah, really strange. It was really weird. So uh, then we have the Reefer icon, <laughs> as I refer to it as. Let's <laughs> burn some Reefer with that ref. <laughs> to be fair. It was like I was smoking reefer while it was Mate, every time it went. It's like it's a great concept putting a camera on the referee. Yeah. Referee cam. Yeah, I'm not sure you need to give him like a special needs helmet to do it. Though. Oh no, the helmet was important. It's for added protection. <laughs> yeah. I, call, I called it uh, like Blair Witch before Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> See Nick Patrick with like a bike helmet on with a little camera attached. He covered his mullet. Uh, this was, yeah, this is great. Straight yeah. away, I'm like, I'm totally. He still looked bored guard. though. Yeah, he always, always looks has. bored every single match. He always does. So uh, Scott Steiner opens a casket, or coffin as we call them, and wallops a masked man in there with a kendo stick. What was this about? Who's the dude in the coffin? Conquistador 1. I tried to find that out. I could not find anything. I searched high and low to try and work out what the fuck this was. Oh, it was so strange. Uh, Vader has his like cool, like strappy mask thing that he takes off almost immediately. So Vader's just not doing headgear tonight, apparently. He's just taking those off. That's that done. Uh, everyone stands still as the chair of torture is lowered from the ceiling. But yeah. I like the fact they wrestle. Jack nearly gets squashed as well. Uh, yeah, because they yeah. Be- beck him out, don't they? Yeah. Uh, there's no right or reason. Oh, Jay on like Tony Schiavone commentary, like, 
oh, it's coming down. <laughs> it's like, no one's pressed the button. No one's done anything. It's a case of, okay, we've got those spots in. Everyone's bleeding and needs to bleed. Right, get the chair down. Speaking of stuff that doesn't make any sense, some zombie medics come out and stand on the rampway. Yeah. What's this? I, again, I tried to find out who they were. I could not find anything. They're blatantly all local jobbers because they yeah. wanted like the pro wrestler mullet and they're you'd all kind of just like a bit hencher than most people. 25 or whatever years later, you'd, somebody would know who they were. I Snitsky. could not find anything. <laughs> yeah. So Foley blades after Sting throws up a coffin lid into the air, which lands pop on his head. Yeah, that noise was amazing. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. It, it was, was like a so golf ball funny. hitting a tree. <laughs> <laughs> the gimp from the coffin is now handcuffed to the cage for some reason. I think Steiner's just abusing this bloke in a corner, <laughs> like handcuffing him occasionally, coming just like sticking his finger up his ass or whatever. Off he's, he's been working in Japan. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, the camera practically misses Cactus taking a massive bump over the top rope, but just about <laughs> catches it. The camera misses Cactus taking a massive dump over the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, I notice how high-pitched JR's voice is compared to what I'm used to hearing with him. Yeah, it was used before his stroke, though, wasn't it? But this is even like, you know, early like 97 Jim yeah. Ross sounds much deeper toned than 91 Jim Ross. Maybe so it's the, the point the where I can't tell the difference between him and Shavoni at some points. Maybe it's just the way that WCW production... No, I like the, genuinely, like, like I think you would hear like the bass, like now he's round, like it's got a deep tone to him. I think when he went to WWE, it's the same thing that Vince McMahon, he doesn't want local dialect. It's the same thing like AJ Styles when he went for his tryouts, right? when he was very Georgian. Yeah, he did, JR didn't get signed for ages, did he? No. Because he was too southern. That was, it was, uh, that was Vince's excuse. WrestleMania 10, wasn't it? Because he, deb- he debuted at the Coliseum. That was eight. Uh, he debuted, no, no, nine. Nine, the, nine, the bad yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Bad, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the smallest WrestleMania ever. Yeah, yeah it was basically. Terrible. Yeah, but that, that's why I think Jr. over time was told essentially lose your accent, try and work hard, and the only way he could do it was getting bad deeper. Okay, cool, cool. So Abby Blades, Sting Blades. Uh, I've never seen so many shots of people's backs in my life because they're all standing with their back to the camera because they're just standing there watching this chair come down <laughs> for what feels like forever. Like, no one's working at this point at all. They've all just stopped and just watching the chair come down. In like, awe. What is that? <laughs> I didn't know that was involved in this match. <laughs> Boys, this finish. This finish. Oh my God, this finish. I like the fact that leading up to this finish, they kept on trying to cut to the switch show what was happening. And the first cut to it, it said, on. On, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> really? yeah. uh, the, oh, the, the off on, you just keep seeing the uh, referee climb up to turn it off. Yeah, like, pull it up again. And oh, like, really? Yeah, he put like something round, like string or something, tied it up, oh, just to so it was off. And at many Fuck times, sake. like Cactus was climbing the cage, and then he, he, he just falling, dropped down, yeah. and Cactus would be like, whoop off <laughs> so and then he just sat there and go on let's just clarify this is the lever for the electric going into the chair yep. yeah and so, so it's what kind that of... has no wires attached to oh it no all. it's got nothing to do with what's happening it's, it's just a couple of shoe bottles yeah. they put like a handle on <laughs> bluetooth before bluetooth <laughs> <laughs> so abby puts rick's rick steiner in the chair as cactus goes to p- climbs the cage to go pull oh, the no, lever. no 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 climbs then he puts him in the chair oh, okay. and he stays at the lever for about what feels like an hour. It feels like a very long time. Before Abby gets... He keeps turning it off, though. He's got to keep turning it off. Yeah. So he's, he's got like some kind of... <laughs> he's got to turn it on and off 27 times before he leaves the cage. I feel like at one point he was just looking at the crowd going... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he might have just been going bang, bang for ages. I don't know. Yeah. But it looked like he was like... Oh, no. I've got blood in my eyes. Can't find the switch. Yeah. <laughs> it's here somewhere. So Rick and uh, Abby are fighting over this chair, essentially. Rick's got Abby in the chair. 
Uh, sorry, Abby has Rick in the chair, but Rick hits R1 and reverses and puts <laughs> Abby into the chair. <laughs> uh, out of nowhere, he puts the cuffs things over his arms. He uh, puts the, the metal kind of helmet thing on. Uh, have you seen The Green Mile? Yes. I don't do films. Did he I wet the sponge? No. He fucking didn't wet the sponge, did it he? It was already bleeding, though, so <laughs> technically... Oh, <that> <laughs> <help>. okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that reference, but it doesn't matter. You and a whole bunch of other people that don't watch, like... <laughs> early 2000s yeah, films. You mean classic films. <laughs> I will say it is a classic. It's bloody good. You should see it. But it is at this point, yeah. I'm not even going to explain it. So let's carry on. So <laughs> Cactus pulls the lever eventually and murders Abdullah the Butcher in an electric chair in the middle of a WCW ring. Yeah, pyromania. Yeah, the ring was much. on fire. Right, so they set fire to the ring with all the pyro that's spooting off this chair. How many fans do you think got burnt from Oh, at bike? least three or four. It <laughs> went everywhere, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. It should have just gone up because that would have been a lot safer, but it just went all over the place. Do you think there's something to be said for all the rest of us just standing around watching a man be murdered in the middle of the ring in an electric <laughs> chair? Uh, it, de- it depends on what the story is. I'm not sure WCW do stories, really, do they? At this time, especially. No, probably not. Yeah, At least so. we now know why the zombie uh, EMTs were at ringside, <laughs> which we didn't see them roll dead butcher onto the uh, the Halloween Havoc stretcher. Yeah, that's what I assumed was going to happen, but that's not how it plays out. So, I mean, our yeah, winners of the match... they basically there for no reason. The winners of the match are El Gigante. Yes, okay. well done. No worries. The Steiner brothers and Sting. Uh, the ringside officials are more concerned with tidying up than the dead man in the middle of the ring. Uh, Cactus checks on Abby, who stands up, hits Cactus, then beats up the zombie medics, who <laughs> fall over a bit, and he, Abby falls over into them. It's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Oh, what the fuck? This is just the weirdest introduction to a paper you've ever had. It's just uh, they've still got beef in the rental car. Cactus scratched it. And now he's like, that's my deposit. <laughs> you've lost my deposit, you wanker. Why does he attack his teammate? Uh, because he obviously set the charge off. I would not rate this match for wrestling. I would rate it highly for comedy and bad production. For comedy value, this is five stars, five stars, five stars. In... Cornflakes, you mean? Yeah, yeah cornflakes. You know there what we go. He knows where it's <laughs> he at. He does listen to the pod, eh? <laughs> All right, so backstage, uh, we get to Eric the Vampire Bischoff. <laughs> yeah, he can't do a Dracula impression at all to save his life. And then Missy Hyatt, dressed yeah. as some kind of dance girl. She and looks really different as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's not the Missy Hyatt that I remember from like the late 90s. So they put over, who is the WCW Phantom? Um, does anyone care at this point? I'm not sure, but like, you know. This stage, I messaged you and was like, "What have you done?" <laughs> <laughs> After enjoying Dragon Gate last week, to now being subjected to this. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy we did this. So I've got the, they interview the Young Pistols, Tracy and Steve, who are basically sparkly cowboys. Bang bang. <laughs> Any idea who these people were? It's the smoking guns before the smoking guns. It's just everything's before everything in this. It's also, this was the point where I realised that. Uh, how southern WCW used to be. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, just this one interview, I was like... Two southern been, sparkly I've cowboys. just gone for a whole match for like half an hour, and this is the thing that <laughs> just reminds me of how southern it used to be. Cool, so we've got a tag team matchup next. We've got Big Josh and PN News versus the Creatures, who are Joey Mags and Johnny Rich. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah. I, th- I identified Joey Mags through uh, some research. The other one, no idea. Again, these were two complete unknowns to me. Yeah, me too. But they're in a kind of cool greeny patterned mask gimmicks very typical of the time period i guess okay so it's knocker yeah i uh is it pn i'm gonna go for the it's this before this was a thing go on it's pn news was john cena before john cena <laughs> 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 hey wait, wait 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 okay so 
PN News comes out and does a rap. Okay, he's completely out of time, but I need you to read this. Yo, baby. Yo, baby, yo. Uh, do, do it from the beginning in your okay, posh voice. What up? It's Havoc91. We'll take care of business <laughs> and we'll have some fun. And when the party's over, hear the fat lady sing. PN and Josh are the freshest of their... Do their thing. <laughs> yo, baby. Yo, baby. Yo. Yo, baby. Yo, baby. Yo. <laughs> uh, my absolutely favorite moment of the show, maybe. Apart from like killing Abdullah the Butcher in the middle of the ring, the rap is just, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, did Big Josh forget his gear because he comes out in jean shorts and work boots? See? Cena. Cena. But ba, 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 it's ba, like ba. Macho Man and Cena had a kid. And okay. it was Big Josh. Big Josh. <laughs> it didn't, they weren't very original with naming their kids, were they? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. JR calls a German suplex a belly-to-back suplex. JR calls a shitty side suplex as a fall-away slam. JR calls a chop as a double axe handle. <laughs> I mean, he's not on form tonight. It's probably been... I've been. That's how I get all my move names from SEPW. Some people criticise me for getting the wrong moves. That's why I've learned from JR. Oh, he's in a wrist lock. That was a powerbomb, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so Northern Exposure is Earthquake's big whoopsie. Which Big Josh does, you know, at the end. Yeah. So he just sits on him and you're like, you're not even a fat dude. Why are you doing a sit down big whoopsie? The velocity. It, it was so strange, man. Uh, we get a top rope rap master, rap master splash by PN News. Big Josh stands up on PN News as he makes the pin. It's pretty awesome. One, two, three. I win as PN News and Big Josh in what essentially is a squash match. And PN News dances sexually afterwards. I did enjoy the sexual dancing. Mm, bit that's, of grinding. That's the best part of the card at this stage. <laughs> it, was, it was the blue meanie before the blue meanie. <laughs> Fuck's sake. This is uh, going to be a running gag now. <laughs> gag? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to move on to the next one? Or yep. you have something to say? No, I have nothing to say about this. So we've got beautiful Bobby Eaton versus Terence Taylor with Alexander York, who's Terry Reynolds. And Terry Taylor is obviously the Red Rooster, because that's the only gimmick I give a shit about. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Uh, this was fucking awesome. Very good match, wasn't I it? I did not expect this to be good at all, but holy shit, they've surprised me so much. Yeah, Terry Taylor likes the knee drop. Mate. I noticed that through this whole match. Yeah. He'd done about 20 of them. But like, he's working so well. Yeah. Like, involving the crowd, like, really strong over as a heel. I he, think it explains why he is a trainer at, mm. at the PC, because everyone, I think, just looks back at either his Red Rooster role, and see him as a bit of a joke. It's the only wrestler. time I'd ever seen him wrestle. It's the first time I saw him wrestle that when he wasn't the Red Rooster. It's fucking outstanding, man. Yeah. Like, what a worker. This guy could have been a world champion. Easy. There's other more popular podcasts than ours who, right. who covered the concept What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that covered the concept of, like, when Terry Taylor signed, they thought it was essentially a rib on him of, we'll give you this Red Rooster gimmick from the Absolutely. box of gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. Feels like it, for sure. Because he was... It could have been such a star. Absolutely incredible. Good look. Great in ring. Wasted talent. What do we think about the York Foundation gimmick? Because this comes up a couple of times in the show. This was like one of their first like female-led factions. And obviously it split up the Rock and Roll Express to, again, just two guys to start with who were going for the money and the glory rather than the fans' adoration. So I think it worked quite well. And obviously having Terry Runnels on the outside. Um, young Terry Runnels. And she looks better than she ever has done. In this show. I don't know. Milf Terry Reynolds. I'm all about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I quite like the gimmick. Uh, I like the uh, Miss York's computer thing she has. Oh, yeah. PDA ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you notice that she, the way she types like a Thunderbird? 
<laughs> I did assume she had no idea how to use this computer in any way, shape, or form. She did like type a briefcase, though, yeah. wasn't it? It wasn't really a, wasn't really a computer. She right. did type with dinosaur arms, didn't yeah. she? <laughs> so uh, Bobby Eaton's mullet is absolutely gorgeous yeah. in this match. When he came out, I thought he was a Beverly brother. Oh, he's definitely along those yeah. lines. He'll never be bow and slick, but you know. <laughs> we get a gut wrench powerbomb by Terry Taylor on the ramp, which looks absolutely brutal. Uh, Taylor goes after Eaton's back for most of the match. Bobby climbs up top. Uh, Taylor goes for a superplex. Bobby pushes Taylor off the top, and Taylor does this kind of cool wavy hand sell, like he's a dinosaur going. Rah! Exactly, he's learned it from Terry Runnels typing <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> and we get the Alabama Jam leg drop from Bobby in uh, for the one, two, three. Uh, yeah, absolutely killer match. I think they did an absolutely great job of working Bobby's back. Uh, I think Bobby got over really strong as a face after all the midnight yeah. stuff, obviously. Um, yeah, Great finisher as well, especially for that time. Um, even now, a lot of wrestlers don't do that because of the damage it puts to the body. I think the last person I saw do it on a mainstream was when Fandango yep. started doing it. In the middle or nearest the beginning, Terry Taylor tapped out. But I noticed that as yeah. well, yeah. It did, he went <laughs> boom, boom, and nothing. So our next match, we've got Jimmy Jam Garvin with Michael P.S. Hayes against the later Mark Merrow, Johnny B. Bad with Theodore Long. I love this Johnny B. Bad gimmick. That was Theodore Long. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've said, wow, well, Sable's changed. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's dating, now Teddy Long's dating Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so Jimmy Garvin and P.S. Hayes coming out doing the Tomahawk chop from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Tatanka's going to be really fucking upset. Uh, so it's Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the fuck is Mero wearing on the way to the ring? Someone describe this. Um, flamboyant, glittery explosion. It's what Lex Luger <laughs> wore in WWF. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure when he had that, you know, the bodybuilding gimmick, whatever it was. Yeah. That's basically what he wore. The total basically package. The thing, yeah. The narcissus. That's it. <laughs> So uh, Johnny B. Bad gets ticker tape and confetti cannons and all sorts. No, it is right. They're really trying to put this gimmick over. I'm not going to lie. I'm from a self-streaming wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of thing really popped me. I was like, if I ever am able to return to the ring, I'm I having actually, this. I actually like this gimmick better than the Mark Merrow gimmick. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. So they put over the fact this is DDT versus left hook. The fans chant DDT and I'm like, where's Jake? Where's Jake Roberts? Is he coming out? <laughs> This is so silly. What is the DDT thing? Did he just steal this from Jake Roberts or was did Jimmy Garvin do it first? Do we know? I'm pretty sure he stole it from Jake. I'm pretty sure it was Jake's because it's Damien's Devastation something or whatever, isn't it meant to be? Yeah, I, I, I said I, I'm pretty sure. But obviously this is the time where now things are becoming to be a bit more innovative and people are taking things. There's a bit more exposure with video sharing and stuff like that. But in fairness, the DDT that does get landed later in this match... Very well executed. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a bit brutal. <laughs> but uh, P.S. Hayes' arm is obviously not injured because he punches Bernie uh, <laughs> Bad and then winks in the camera. I bloody love a bit of kayfabe, me. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Long throws Mero a towel and Mero chokes Garvin. I'm calling him Mero, by the way, because it's so much easier yeah. than Johnny B. Bad. Mero does a top rope sunset flip and lands straight on his neck. This looks brutal, but what a manoeuvre. What a manoeuvre. Indeed. I. It was scary. Scary looking. Because again... Didn't look like he got all of it. Didn't look good. Who's meant to be the heel in this match? Who's meant to be the face? I'm going to say Garvin's supposed to be the heel because he's got PSAs with him. Right. And they're cheating and yeah, yeah. and doing a bit of shenanans. But Everyone's but, cheering them. Yeah, because they keep doing the local team yeah. kind of... Wait, this is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Braves are from Atlanta. 
Like, how does this make sense? All America, the my dude. It. <laughs> it must be like their local sports team still. It must be like across the border or something. I don't know. This yeah. really threw me. Or maybe they're just like, we've got this guy on developmental. He's called T-Tunker. <laughs> Jim McGarvin's from Florida. Maybe okay. that's because that's where it originated, wasn't it? Oh, this is getting too confusing. Maybe that's why. I don't... It's controversial. It's a controversial chop. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly racist. Yes. The whole Braves. Have you seen the Braves logo? It's a smiling racist depiction of a Native American. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Tunker. So, Hero misses the left hook. Uh, Garvin hits the DDT. Uh, Teddy Long distracts the ref. Garvin turns around in Tamero's weak ass <laughs> fuck left hook. Which is called Kiss That Don't Miss. Oh, Jesus Christ. They don't even put that over. They just call it the left hook the whole time. Is that what it's actually meant to be called? Yes. Fair enough. Uh, PSAs ain't doing no job to the white little Richard. <laughs> this is not happening. You know? <laughs> so that's why I think Garvin's in this match. Um, he gets the one, two, three after all the bullshit. Teddy pushes Garvin's foot off the ropes even to make sure he doesn't look weak. They, they don't want a job to this guy in any way, shape or form, it feels like. Interesting, no one did in WWE either. <laughs> yeah, Goldust did a lot. Yeah, but the thing with um, Johnny B. Bad. There was lots of talk that he could be a big player, had a good look. He was quite innovative in the ring at the time. But the problem was when he got injured in WWF, WWE, um, he rehabbed too quickly. Right. So because he was so concerned of losing his spot, and I think that's the same thing as his reaction. he broke his neck, didn't he? Yeah. And because he rehabbed far too quickly, um, he came back and did more damage and then got injured straight away afterwards and then got the classic reputation of, oh, he's he's a hurty McHurty. Also a druggy McDruggy as well. What are you trying to say? Those are natural abs. Mm. Just like mine. He's he's done he does um what do they call it? Like power talking or whatever. <laughs> you know? Where you go around touring to universities, like giving lectures about how you should be good a good person. And how Albert Warrior did it once and said the classic of queering doesn't make the world go round. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I mean, if there was never, that. No, because Holy to shit. be fair, Warrior is a horrible human being. Yeah. But Mark Merrow goes around doing nice talking. And talks about how you shouldn't do drugs now. You should get healthy and stuff. And yeah, he's a good boy. Missy Hyatt is still backstage looking for the WCW Phantom. <laughs> Bobby Eaton walks in and gets accosted by Missy. Who starts asking him about the Phantom and stuff. Uh, I thought at first Bobby went, hey bitch, I just won a match. <laughs> but he didn't. I rewound it and he said, hey Missy, I just won a match. Then uh, she goes, don't disappoint me. And he goes, women. <laughs> and walks off. And like, That's fucking great. Lad, what was this segment like? Had no purpose apart from like, oh, we just got to get the Phantom off, and Bobby's walking past her. So, I think I missed this segment because I was writing notes. Oh, don't worry about it. it was <laughs> nothing. You really didn't miss much yeah. at all. Next up, we've got the WCW World TV Championship match. We've got Stunning Steve Austin, who's our current champion, with Lady Blossom versus the Natural Dustin Rhodes. Oh, real wrestling. Mm. Oh, so good. Okay, my favorite part of all the entrances, and we've had some crackers is Stunning Steve is walking down with Lady Blossom and he goes to step in the ring he turns around like finger wags at her to come in and she just ignores him so he does it twice and then just <laughs> really? kills her up <laughs> I missed that completely oh, absolutely amazing who is Lady Blossom? I have no idea any idea? Uh, the cameraman really likes her chest though oh I absolutely I noticed that <laughs> so, so I, thought, I was like is he is he just short or is he just like that camera angle? It's a good yeah. angle. He's definitely <laughs> likes that camera angle. He's very taller. At least he's very much taller than her. Nick Patrick wasn't allowed in this match with referee cam. 
<laughs> the reefer I can. Reefer. So, um, have you noticed that Austin is billed as from Hollywood, California in this match? And Dustin is billed from Texas in this match. But fast forward a few years, and we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's from Texas, and Gold Dust, who's billed from Hollywood. They've literally swapped gimmicks all oh, yeah, the time. Much. I'm so glad they did. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Dustin Rhodes. I think he's a really, really good worker, and he made such a dodgy character such as Gold Dust work. But I can't imagine. Okay, Steve Williams, we want you to dress up in this gold body paint and this wig. <laughs> Mate, that would have been amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> Look at that accent and that voice. Oh, God damn. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's me doing my gold dust impression. That doesn't make sense if you don't see me rubbing my hands at my body. <laughs> I'm very aroused. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so uh, we've got no nonsense Texan in Dustin Rhodes, obviously the son of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and this uh, flamboyant Hollywood blonde Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's really weird. It totally threw me. He has a six pack, but not the same one as the late nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, uh, did you notice that the entrance way disappeared? <laughs> no. You know the haunted house thing. Yeah. That was at the ramps. It's not there anymore. Fucking thieves. The tombstones are there, but the haunted house is replaced with a big WCW sign and sparkly curtains. Oh, I didn't see Did that. Did you not notice this no. either? <laughs> Just like was halfway through this match and they panned across like to the show and I was like, hang on. <laughs> the fucking stage has disappeared. They rented it by the hour. <laughs> Maybe, man. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I think the idea was that they were going to save it because it does come back again and then disappears again. Like, we'll get to it, but it's cool. All right, so the spooky staging has disappeared. We've just got the tombstones and a big shiny curtain with WCW banner on it now. Uh, the commons commentators question when both guys go over the top rope and no DQ is called. And this is the first inkling I get of like oh, setting it up, and they mm, something's up here because with this top they rope both went over at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Ah, no, if they both go over, it's not a disqualification. Uh, apparently so. Yeah, that's made very clear in this match for convenient circumstances yeah. later someone, on. Someone should have told that to Vince when uh, Brett and Lex both went over. <laughs> yeah, it's not a case of okay, I'm gonna let the fans pick who's gonna be my next top guy. Oh, sorry, Lex. <laughs> So JR at this point gives a whole speech about how he doesn't think managers should be at ringside and all I can think is you're going to be pissed off about this. <laughs> He's got a point and then he got Vince's <laughs> ear and that's killed managers in wrestling. Oh, Cheers dude. JR. Oh, that's brutal man. So Dustin Blaze from Punches from Stone Cold Steve Austin and we get our first announcement of 10 minutes remaining. And what happens when you get an announcement telling you how long's left in the match? Oh dear. You know it's going to go to a time limit draw. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> I'm just checking. It's not just me that knows this. Okay, cool. So uh, Austin's friend is the clock. Five minutes remaining. It just feels like they're going Broadway the whole time. Like, it feels so obvious at this point. Uh, Dustin does an inside crazel, but it looks fucking awesome when he does this. As you do, it does it as Goldust as well, where he does like an inside cradle, but like he almost like falls into it. I think it's the best inside cradle in the whole business. He's good in that ring, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's. I think this match is very standard you know like they do everything well but it's not exciting it's classic mid card booking though isn't it you don't want anything too spectacular yeah maybe there was a really long headlock oh god there was wasn't there it was just right in the middle of the match yeah three minutes remaining warning Austin kicks out of the bionic elbow how dare you <laughs> Uh, one minute remaining. Dustin does a diving clothesline off the top, but time runs out as we get the time limit draw. 
Austin retains the championship and the match is, yeah, it's it's good, but it's, it's I don't know, it didn't do much for me. And also the match ran 15 minutes and three seconds. Oh, did it really? Yeah. So it was over three seconds. Yeah. So technically the count shouldn't have happened anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Two very good wrestlers who could have been there. But I mean, how, how would you rate both of these guys, Nick, going forward in WCW and then into WWE? Uh, I rate them very highly. I think WCW's done well, but they should have pushed them a bit more. Definitely, because uh, they were going <laughs> to push Austin. What can good can come pushing Austin? That's never yeah. going to work. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> were going to do it, and then like someone else took over booking, Bischoff. and then they were like, "Nah." I'm sure it was Bischoff because Bischoff was the guy that said packing. It was Dusty, wasn't it? He was like, "Oh, we're going to put you over," mm. and then they didn't bother, and they missed out on that. And same with Dustin as well. You should have totally done something with them higher up the car. He's very much mini Dusty at this point as well. Like he's doing all the same moves. He's kind of like sells the same, tries to get the crowd going the same. You know. Do you think though, had they pushed Austin, the whole attitude era may not have happened? Because if they pushed him, he would have been WCW still as a Hollywood blonde. No, I think it still would have happened. I think you would have had Shawn Michaels at the top for longer and stinking up the card a little bit with the neck injury. But that eventually would have gone to Triple H. The the Rock is a superstar. I think he was always going to be a superstar. You know, so, so I think they would have done it without Austin quite easily. Still, yeah, yeah, they had the talent to do it. I think it was WCW the just had dinosaurs. Yeah, I think it was just the attitude of people at the time as well. I think that's where the product yeah. had to go. You know, it would have died if it hadn't. I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think had Austin not been fired, had Bischoff not taken over, done the NWA angle. There would have been no need for the Attitude Era because they wouldn't have been as uh, as top draws as they would have been. Hmm. So the Attitude Era may not would, well may not have happened. Obviously, we will never know. I think Austin. Okay, let's play this game. Who do you put in Austin's spot that isn't Austin? No one, because it wouldn't have gone that direction. <coughs> you would have still but had if you to had to. We're playing a game. Oh, play along, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we assuming that people haven't jumped to WCW? Yeah, WWF roster 1997. Who do you pick to replace Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13? Scott Hall. Mm, that's a nice pick. Uh, like yeah. Bull Buchanan or like... Bull, <laughs> Steve, Bull Buchanan Steve, wasn't even there Steve then. Blackman or someone like that. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just taking a piss. Owen Hart, if he was still alive back then. Yeah, it, it would make sense because they'd probably hang on to Brett as well at that point. Yeah. Mm, that could be good. I'm going to be honest. I think Scott Hall is the one for me. Like, I think he's... Uh, well, what about like a Mr. Perfect or someone? Yeah, they always had good matches. Yeah. Could have been quite special. Been good. But if you're looking to have that that face of the company like taking it to Vince McMahon, Kurt Henning, the perfect man, going against the boss, maybe not Scott mm. Hall, being a bit of a streetwise kind of a kind of a guy, had he dumbed down and hey, diverse, man. what do you mean, man? <laughs> had he diversed his character a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think Triple H as well, maybe. He, mm. was, he, was, he was kind He's of already there the in hunt. DX. He was doing the posh Hunter Hearst gimmick though, wasn't he? No, you know, came DX, with the robe DX and was just bow about and to start though, wasn't it? I guess you could have, yeah. What about x Buck? <laughs> Billy Gunn. The one. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Incredible Oz, who's Kevin Nash, or Diesel, you might know him as, versus uh, Bill Kazmaier. I think that's how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Cool. This, this is so, what yeah. you alluded to at the start of the pod. This was originally going to be um, Captain Jack versus Kazmaier. Yeah. Which made, it made <laughs> no sense changing it. This is, I don't what? know. This match was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just put glad that's over. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Kazmaier comes out with this giant blow-up globe thing over his shoulder. Like, yeah. uh, Yep, great. Don't understand He's the that strongest man 
under the world. <laughs> He's like Mark Henry <laughs> before Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> like old white Mark Henry as well. Like Casma yeah. looks like he's a rookie in the ring. Yeah. But looks like he's about 50. So it's just, they play just got him because he's a hench fucking dude. Like he's obviously done bodybuilding or whatever, you know. Uh, my one note to start this off was just this is going to be fucking shit. And it was. <laughs> it wasn't great. Kaz does a scoop slam. I'm calling him Kaz now because, you know, that's funny. Uh, and goes, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was fucking brilliant. Test of strength lasts a lifetime. End this. Please end this. Uh, the, the random sound of drilling in the background? They're probably yeah, on his entrance. Yeah. yeah. This is not, this is not his entrance. It's the next entrance coming oh, out of the yeah. next match. But they're already doing they're already the doing. drilling. <laughs> and the whole crowd just goes, what? It just looks across to the side, ignoring what's happening. I didn't realise it started in, in this match. It was halfway through this match. Was it? Literally, the ho- everyone opposite the camera is looking to their right at the entrance going, what's going on over there? They're probably wondering where that haunted house has gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might be why it moved. <laughs> yeah. So we get a really, really dangerous looking backdrop by Nash that looks terrifying. Uh, Kaz then skins the cat. Which I'm like, this massive dude skinning the cat is well impressive. And it looks like, uh, oh yeah, and then he does Luger's torture rack as the finish. Yeah. Oh, it's dude. impressive sight on a big man. Doesn't work though, does it? Dude, Luger is in the main event. But he uses the attitude adjustment. Isn't it Nikki Bella's finisher as well? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Nash verbally submits. Love that show. And our winner, <laughs> Bill Kazmaier. Yeah, okay, let's just move on. Next up, we've got Heavy Metal Van Hammer versus the Jobber intro, Pretty Boy Doug Summers, who doesn't even get to entrance, doesn't even get an entrance to the ring. Van Hammer's got a banging flying V, hasn't he? Yeah, it's, it's a nice little... Nice little guitar, he's got a Nice yeah. little cricket bat, you know? <laughs> so, the, the Jackhammer things. What yeah. do we call them in this country? I don't know. Jackhammer. Are they called yeah. Jackhammers? Pneumatic drill? Pneumatic drill, there you go. That's a Road thing. drills. Yeah. <laughs> so, for some reason, there's a guy using one of them. <laughs> He's Van Hammer. Two the guys. other guy's Jackhammer. Two, two guys. One either side, guys. wasn't they? Yeah, one either side of the... Are these like his, his the rest of his stable, like Jack and <laughs> Dave Hammer or whatever? Like him. Bloody Dave Hammer. I thought you were going to say Jack so. and Jill. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be work. Uh, so, oh, the botches to start this match. Fucking hell. They're literally just falling into each other and kind of yeah, like... Yeah, that, that leapfrog, that missed leapfrog. <laughs> it's nearly bad. headbutted him in the nuts. It was great. It's very, very bad. Van attempts a slingshot suplex and almost kills Doug Summers because he barely misses the ropes and almost drops him on his head for the one, two, three. And you'll win a heavy metal Van Hammer in pretty much a two-minute squash. Van Hammer got a good look. He just was dogged in the ring. I don't know how yeah, far into his career Van Hammer was at this stage. And to be fair, it didn't get any better when he was in the flock because it's just like Raven was told when he built the flock. Who do you want? I'll have Kidman. All right. I'll have Saturn. Who else do you want? Oh, shit. <laughs> All the other good rest have been picked for the NWO. We need a big guy. <laughs> so next up, we get... Um, what's he called? Not Pillman. Flying Brian. Flying Brian. Flying Brian Pillman. <laughs> next up, we get Flying Brian promo and a R- Richard Morton promo. I'm trying oh, to call it. Is that the other Beverly guys. brother I've put there? <laughs> oh, because he's got a white mullet. <laughs> yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. The first ever WCW light heavyweight champion will be crowned. Yeah, end of the tournament. I was going to say, was this a tournament? It was, they, yeah. they say it's a final, but they never actually mentioned the tournament at any point, I don't think. Everyone got released. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Probably, Probably not. <laughs> well, they don't seem to have many crews. That's the point. It's not even the cruiserweight belt at this point. It's the light yeah. heavyweight title. To compete for this title, you have to weigh below 236 pounds. Not 235. 
that's a UFC heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. So the reefer eye is back. Hooray, <laughs> reefer. Um, the special needs helmet is gorgeous. I love it so much. Alexander York's out with Richard Morton as well. Uh, she's got the computer back again. Uh, this is a really fun little match. Does the kind of like cool little claw hands. <laughs> Jean-Michel Jarre. I like how um, her wrestlers come and they look at the, the computer like it's got the secret to winning the match. Oh, on it does. It. It's yeah. the strategy. Like they it's can't not even just... turned on. <laughs> no, there's no there's screen there's at all. There's nothing there. That's why they barely open it <laughs> and they're like, we can't turn this laptop on. Don't worry about it. The good thing about that laptop, it later became the anonymous GM on Raw. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, anything it lost wanna... some weight as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything you want to go over in this match? Because I've just got the finish. So No, I... I it, it wasn't bad for a cruiserweight. I mean, Flying Brian, fantastic wrestler. And to see how he trans, uh, transferred over from Flying Brian to the psychotic, unpredictable, loose cannon Brian Pillman, yeah. that's development. I've got, at some point, JR said, oh, production's doing a great job with the referee I can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to disagree with that. Especially like one of the pins in the middle of the match, it cuts to him, and it's you can just see his arm. Oh, was this? That's the, all you can see. Was this the point? Right in the middle of the match, it's like, Whoa. and that's the only arm you can see is when he's trying to like. It's not showing the wrestlers at all. He's trying to snuggle them or something. <laughs> was this also the same match as when they were doing like punches? That then JR went on to say that oh, and you can see from the referee cam that he's showing this because uh, he's showing it's a legal punch. Lots of hand signals in wrestling like like there is in football and here is where then it all started Jar pretty much just gave up on talking about wrestling and talked about football <laughs> for most of the card yeah. him and Shavoni are very guilty of this yeah I so, got very confused I don't understand football American football like the finish comes out of kind of nowhere like Morton takes over for the vast majority of the match Pillman does his flying crossbody off the top for the one two three and flying Brian is your new WCW light heavyweight champion congratulations flying Brian yeah yeah it's not a terrible match, but uh, it's not good by any means. It's just kind of like, you know, does the job. You could tell they did a lot better of their high flyers when Bischoff came in and started looking into Mexico and mm. other places and just basically going down South America as well to find some other people to come up. So JR comes back on the mic and says, we're about to see Seaman. Oh, wait, he said Seaman. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> he liked that one. Uh, the Halloween Phantom versus the Z-Man. So the spooky house staging is back now. <laughs> They've somehow got it back on the stage. I don't know how they'd set it up so quickly. I'm now starting to think that potentially Van Hammer's drillers were nothing to do with his entrance and they were just maintenance crew. Oh, <laughs> they were fixing the spooky house. Oh, I love it. Uh, so let's talk about the Phantom. He comes out in this two-tone split white and black mask. He's got a cape that he holds up like he's the Phantom of the Opera as he's walking to the ring. And he's got a giant moustache sticking out of his yeah, mask. It's the worst disguise ever. It's not good. <laughs> He's wearing kind of black jogging bottoms and a long sleeve t-shirt as well. It screams that man who just ran out of money getting custom <laughs> tights made, doesn't it? <laughs> whoever, whoever the Phantom may be. Uh, as soon as they start resting, I don't know about you boys, but I'm like, I recognise that clothesline. Hmm, so like, I recognise the moustache Yeah, from the entrance because he didn't too. cover his face very well, did he? And to not sound overly a bit weird, when he had his back to it and you saw like the neck and shoulder line below the mask and everything, I was like, that tan... That mm, sh- looks that. familiar. Yeah. I've had many a dream about this man. <laughs> I recognise that neck breaker. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, finish- commentary, the commentary just blows who the surprise is. Yeah, him. his oh, finisher has the same name. <laughs> yeah. And they say it's like, whoa, yeah, give it away. It looks like the rude awakening. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> nudge, nudge. It so, didn't even say it looked like. It said it was the Rude Awakening. I was like, <laughs> did oh, did they well really? Done. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. So, uh, one, two, three, and uh, the WCW Phantom is your winner. And instantly, Tony Schiavone gives up the fact it's, fact it's Rick Rude under the mask. He literally just says it. He's like, for fuck's sake, Schiavone, we'll go for an unveil later in the night. What are you doing? I wonder if they're having a drinking game. This is what they're building to the whole way through this show up until this point. All these shitty vignettes since I've been to this one thing. It's a squash match where the Phantom just destroys the semen. I mean, semen. <laughs> um, I wonder what the future holds for the WCW Halloween Havoc Phantom. Mm. That guy's got some in-ring ability. I am very excited to find out who it is. So next up, we've got the WCW World Tag Team title match. Got the enforcers of Arn Anderson and Larry Zbysko, who are the champions, against the other US champion tag team whatever they are the wcw patriots of firebreaker chip and todd champion fuck me it's a yeah. fireman and a soldier in a tag team what is happening was that ivan drago uh, he looks a lot like him but yes. he's the american kind of equivalent because he's wearing like the american u.s army pant things yeah but you never hear him speak so it could be mm, never know yeah, a different gimmick <laughs> so uh what do we think about zabisco and on anson that uh, spine buster. Mm. Not as good as the brain busters. Yeah, true. Do you notice that? Arn uh, Anderson's like one of my favorite wrestlers, so he can do no wrong. Oh, there's a cat there. <laughs> 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 my cat just gets shy. Do you notice that Zabisco in the first like opening spot of the match goes for a neck breaker? <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. That's how they finish the last match. You can't just do that. Larry Zabisco does what he wants. I mean, he is the man. I'll Excellent like hair Larry by Larry Zabisco as well. Yeah, oh, fucking in the mullet is on point. I mean, basically, these two are classic wcw these are their type of wrestler they're brawlers but they're technical they can do everything and even though when they went on say like jail waxing lyrical about arn anderson i agree with him absolutely todd champion gets beat down uh, as a tepid warm tag to chip chip irish whipped into zabisco uh <laughs> turns around spine buster by arn anderson and we get the one two three winners and still champions the enforcers but they didn't win the wcw us tag team titles no i would have thought this would have been good if you'd done it like you know championship for championship but i guess we need to keep the young boys with the us titles you know what i mean yeah what did they ever do after this i, I don't know who these i had boys no are. idea who they were yeah no, me neither no. i even looked them up and apparently they like, like did a bit of time here did some uswa they did a bit of time what <laughs> no 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 time <laughs> well it's like doing time for wcw i guess Jeez. and they ended up working on the indies and that's about it these boys pretty much did nothing after were this. they in the spirit squad <laughs> <laughs> i thought this match was short simple fair enough <laughs> you, were definitely right. you were definitely right it was short <laughs> <laughs> there was one spot there was a slingshot to the outside yeah like, you know when they Oh yeah, I've never seen that done before. Not to the outside. No, I've never seen that to the outside. Inside. Isn't that a DQ in this? He didn't get Should've thrown. Been, o- he didn't get thrown over. Oh, okay. He did the slingshot. Oh, it's so yeah. it's so confusing. My <laughs> habit. It's so annoying. <laughs> so we cut back to Dracula Bischoff. He's got. He's on the entrance ramp this time. He's got Paulie with him, who has some news. Paulie and Medusa come out to the ramp. Paulie shoots on the management as he's known to do. <laughs> Uh, he made a career out of shooting on other people's management, especially WCW. <laughs> uh, it's so weird seeing Bischoff and Heyman together. Like this, this threw me completely. Like the ECW and the WCW guy before their times, you know. Yeah, probably having great disdain for each other at that time. You think? Yeah, I yeah, think probably. so. Yeah, I couldn't get used to this. It felt very strange Did watching. You him. look at the way Eric Bischoff was looking at him. Yeah, it was like, that, isn't that the way that Bischoff looks at everyone? Yeah, though? probably. I mean, he was job. dressed. He <laughs> was dressed as Dracula, so <laughs> it could just be his gimmick. I'll suck your blood. Yeah. 
I love how he even tries to do the accent at the beginning of the promo as well. Like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm here with Paulie Davis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, Paul wants to bankrupt WCW and fucking hell, does he give that a go later in life? <laughs> uh, Paul bring back, brings out the Phantom. Oh, it's Rick Rude. Oh, we didn't know I that. was so surprised by this. I fell off my chair. Yeah, no yeah. shit, it's Rick Rude. <laughs> like, we kind of worked that out from earlier. I was so excited, I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that means you might have missed this amazing new segment. Segment. <laughs> hey, this amazing new segment. Uh, well, just before they go into it, Shivoni says it's the biggest nudes. <laughs> oh, I mean news. <laughs> anyway, so well, he was directing the cameraman on Lady Blossom. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a woman. <laughs> oh yeah. Same so, size tits though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So we cut to a vignette of Ron Simmons returning to FSU. I think Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews are really pissed at this name choice, by the way, at this <laughs> university. Um, that's a deep cut reference. Proper homoerotic training montage of Ron Simmons here. Very Rocky-esque. It's I very Rocky-esque, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Was Rocky out of this time? No idea. I don't do films. I think so. Rocky's 80s, isn't 80s, it? 80s, yeah. I think so. But I you can tell so, if yeah. someone's got a detailed montage, they ain't going over. Mm, yeah. Unless it's John Cena. He doesn't need to go over. Ba, 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 ba. Yes, he does. He's he can't see him go over. over. Exactly. Hey. <laughs> so the WCW World Heavyweight Championship match is best out of two, three falls. I say best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are three falls. The way you go to say this match is best two out of three falls, and the time limit is time remaining on the pay per view is what oh, they called is it. Is that what they say? Yeah. Pay per view uh, time. Pay per view time remaining. Fucking I think. Yeah. So we've got Lex Luger with Harley Race and Mister Hughes. Mr. Hughes gets sent to the back straight away. He just needs to get out for his pay-per-view payment. Um, I'm just going to start that again. So we've got WCW World Heavyweight Championship mess. <laughs> so we've got a WCW World Heavyweight Championship match. Best out of two, best two out of three falls. Shut up. Against <laughs> with Lex Luger, uh, with Harley Race and Mr. Hughes against the champion. <laughs> Fuck's sake, I can't read this to make sense <clears> of it. Can you champion. introduce this, please? So we're now up to our main event of the evening. WCW heavyweight championship match between the champion Lex Luger against Ron Simmons in a two out of three falls match. <laughs> Look at you doing introductions properly. <laughs> hey, applause. And no notes, because <laughs> finally my Google Pixel has died. So if anyone would like to send me a new mobile phone. <laughs> oh, is it actually dead, dead? Uh, it keeps turning itself on and off again. Oh, shit. Okay, well, it, we'll it, get it through it. It works in worry. IT. So we instantly send... Uh, uh, Mr. Hughes to the back who came out with Lex Luger for some who reason. was supposed to be his opponent yes but really Flair left Lex Luger nearly tripped over in his entrance <laughs> <laughs> I missed that completely right so one of the things I wanted to ask about as far as my memory goes was going to be in part of the WBF the World Bodybuilding Federation yep. for Vince McMahon and then they did that promo which we talked about where he insults Gorilla Monsoon and calls him fat what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that fell apart and he was injured he was in the, the accident and stuff so then he came back as like WF superstar sort of thing the Lex Express no, that was all post this show yes. yeah. right because that was like 93, 94 wasn't it yeah Lex was heel at this stage and then he went over as a narcissist so he was a wrestler before he did the WBF stuff yeah, yeah the, I still he think he wanted that, less hours to yeah. wrestle I still uh, think the okay. WBF thing was whilst Vince was going to try and do like multi-sport athletes like we've spoken about that Bob Holly was also going to do the NASCAR thing and they were going to buy his car I think the WBF is more gimmicked I think Vince had an idea of it well it's got a WBF but I doubt very much it ever got off the ground when the other weightlifters were like no you're right, mate okay. I'm just gonna it was built around Lex Luger coming yeah. over wasn't it 
Yeah, and Gary Striden. Yeah. Wow. Pro- <laughs> Vin- Vince <laughs> promised, Shout out to the ISW. Vince promised, promised Lex less hours if he'd done this. Oh, WBF. Okay. Right. And hmm. that's why he went to WWF. So this whole thing about like, you know, Lex and a few other people on this show, like Kevin Nash, for example, leaving WWF, like abandoning ship to go to WCW for the money. They're almost going back to where they started, no? Yeah, but they still went for the money and the less hours. Obviously, yeah. but they've all been in WCW already. It's not like they're completely abandoning the guy that bought them up and through and everything else. Yeah, like, I think if you look at this time and then leading into the Attitude Era, there are very few guys who haven't worked for both and flip-flopped between the promotions. I guess so, yeah. So obviously, Triple H was there, went to WWE. Yep. Rick Rude, flip-flopping. Kurt Henning, flip-flopping. You've got Luger, Flair, Steiners. Everyone's going left and left and right. Absolutely, yeah. So in terms of Luger, I mean, so yeah, I was surprised that he started in WCW. Like, I don't oh, know. Do we know anything earlier than this? I think it was like AWA or so. It might have been WCCW, maybe when he was against Bruiser Brody okay. in that uh, cage oh, that match. cage match where Bruiser's yeah. like, nope. I'm not sure what. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what um, company that was for. Uh, I don't know. That was way. That was before this. Was yeah. like the, in the eighties. Oh, I guess he's been around for a while then. Okay, yeah. cool. It doesn't show it in his later WWF career. <laughs> doesn't show it here. It's a fair point. So, <laughs> Luca is dripping in baby oil. Uh, the first guy on the card, I think, to be covered in baby oil as well. Although they did make reference to this in uh, in one of the earlier matches, didn't they? That someone had been oiled up and then like uh, JR was like, really? maybe they could uh, get a towel because obviously they can't get a lot of leverage if, they're, uh, if they've, they've put a bit too much oil on. But the, you know, it's up to the referee's discretion. Did you watch the Andre the Giant documentary that was put out recently? Yes, the HBO, HBO one. one. Where he's constantly going, no, baby oil, Hogan <laughs> every two <laughs> seconds. That's all I could think about during this match. It was really bad. And again, JR trying to call everyone, collar elbow into the hammerlock, into the, oh, collar elbow, into, into the headlock. Hammerlock, into, oh, yeah, headlock yeah, take that, inverted yeah. atomic drop. <laughs> did so, you notice that uh, Ron Simmons missed the drop kick? Oh, did he? Yeah, gave he did, himself yeah. a spine buster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Speaking of spine busters, your first fall of the match is a spine buster by Ron Simmons, who gets the one, two, three on Lex pretty early as well, like pretty out of yeah, nowhere. Very quick. Yeah. Dusty gets in the ring and starts that. Joe's like, oh, we've got to get a camera over there. And Dusty, like the true pro, is like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And Ron Simmons is like blowing up. He's like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I quite I, like this, like the the two cornermen coming in to corner their guys, like yeah. WOS style. Yeah, except you can tell Dusty Rhodes in the house to do it, and Harley Race was like, <laughs> kick just, him in the face. Yeah, just, just just book yourself to win, mate. That's what I always did. <laughs> Every time I see Harley Race, for some reason, I always think of Lord Alfred Hayes as well. Because uh, uh, when he did the King gimmick, yeah. Alfred was with him then, wasn't he? Yeah. All Ron Simmons was saying is something in his tights. There's something in his tights. Yeah, exactly. Like, you it's didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he done nothing with it. Because nothing ever happened. Yeah, no, yeah. It was just like, well, why? I wonder if that was like um, completely shoot. And <laughs> he was saying to Dusty, he's got something in his tights. It flipping reeks. <laughs> 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 That's his balls. <laughs> oh. Something keeps whacking my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Race grabs Ron's foot um, as Dust as he goes to run the ropes. Dusty punches Race for this, which gets the biggest pop of the match on the outside. And, and then, then does the elbow. Uh, then does the bonnet cow body as well. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, what just happened with this second fall? It's the weirdest finish ever. I couldn't quite understand it, but luckily the commentators start to explain. So Harley grabs Ron's tights, just about. Like he... 
He grabs his, he grabs his lower back, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> as Luger throws himself over the top rope, as far as I'm concerned. And then Ron gets DQ'd for throwing Luger over the top rope. Yeah, because where the ref was, it looked like he'd done the backdrop. Oh, is that what they were going for? Because that's so, yeah. not how it looked at all. Because he was over this side. It was like on those right side. Right, and okay. it looked like he... The way Lex went over, <laughs> it looked like he Stop just... Stop trying to justify this bullshit finish. He basically tried to Scott Hall fall away, slam him over the top rope because Harley Race pulled his pants. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'd like to try and pop him once a show before he like <laughs> chokes to death. Oh, sorry. So Luger is bleeding now out of his eyebrow. I don't think he's bladed. I think he's literally just oh, gone hard way. Yeah, and then and then we have then more corner talk. Oh yeah, they do more they corner do talk, the talking stuff as well. Dusty I, Rhodes going, "You got this, you got this." <laughs> I don't know why he's Chris Eubank slash <laughs> anyone else. So Luger finally gets some heat at this point and starts to get kind of like proper amped up about what's going on. At this stage, well, we've only been going about tw- like fifteen minutes, and both these guys are caked in sweat. Yeah, they're they, blown and, up as and well. They are yeah. really bad blown. Now I was really impressed with Ron Simmons because I thought. He's pretty agile. And I thought, ah, now I know why he slowed down his style. Because he doesn't like cardio. Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, Ron starts to hulk up against... (laughs) Brother, brother, brother. Exactly. We get a superplex, a power slam, and a breath rope shoulder block by Ron. (laughs) Would you say it's a superplex? He went off the middle rope. Well, breath rope superplex. Breath superplex rope. (laughs) I don't know why I'm being being so pedantic. It's all right. People didn't do it off the top at this time, did they, at all? Especially not Luger. Too dangerous. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I would never take that from Luger. Basically, at the power plant, you've got to start on the first rope. Then when you get on the main card, you can go out to the middle rope. And if you're the lightweight below 236 pounds, you can go out the top. <laughs> 236. So uh, we get a three-point stance into the ring post um, by, by Ron. Because uh, Luger's so smart that he moves out the way. I love he does this. We get the worst pile driver I've ever seen. This has to be the contender for worst pile driver on the podcast. I mean, on for safety, he got him right on his knee. Mate, it looked so scary. You kind of threw him to the side and dropped him on the back of his neck almost. Safety first. Oh, fucking hell. It was so bad. Which he calls the... The attitude adjustment. Oh, it is the attitude adjustment. Yeah. Ba, yeah. Ba, 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 We're going to start ba, ba, paying ba, ba. for this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so one, two, three after this shitty pile driver is Lex Luger and still your champion. So Shivoni goes... <laughs> this will go down as one of the greatest matches of all time. I love it when yeah. Vince McMahon feeds people lines even in different organisations. Fucking isn't. <laughs> it's it, so bad. It was awful. And again, I always find two out of three falls matches aren't great. The best two out of three falls match I've seen recently was Uso's New Day. Okay. Yeah, that was fun. It was very, yeah. At least they put some thought into it. But if you've got two out of three fall in your main event, you know it's not going to go a, like a whitewash. These guys are not known for their clever storytelling in their matches, I'd say. They've got like nothing to offer, really, I find. No, you can't really do much because you need to keep that energy up, don't you, for the like end of the match? Mm. It's like, yeah, you don't want to do too much at the beginning. It's like <laughs> they certainly didn't do too much. They didn't really do a lot. They at got all. stuck, didn't they? It was hold, 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 rest, hold. Man, there was a long rest hold in this one as well. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, Luger, Luger on um, I was about to say Farouk, Luger on Ron Simmons, <laughs> and he just lay there. And I looked at the, the clock, I was like, this has been three minutes of the headlock. And that's when he kept on like, putting his feet on the ropes and mm. having Harley Race pretends to like hold the feet. I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I won't do that. Or maybe I will. As I, as I said, the biggest pop of the match is Harley and Dusty doing yeah. their stuff at ringside. It says a lot about the quality of the in-ring work. But I suppose that's similar to nostalgia now. 
You've got the you've got the old guard, yeah. which everyone watched, who still want to see. For example, now you people still pop and buy tickets to see Brock, Cena, Lesnar. They don't, as it pains me, buy talent to see Rollins, Owens, Zayn. Mm, I don't know, maybe. But that's why they got the best pop because they're the biggest names on that card. Yeah, for WCW. So JR and Shivoni do their outro, um, and that's it. Good game, lads. It was it was a fun show. I had a laugh doing it. I really enjoyed watching it at the time. I was pissing myself laughing the first few matches as well. And there's some really quality stuff, like the Bobby and Terry Taylor match was, was really absolutely good, yeah. outstanding. I'd say the light heavyweight match is decent as well. Get some really really funny stuff with people botching in the Van Hammer match. Um, the problem is for again a, a big their SummerSlam, two good matches out of eleven. Would you call Halloween Havoc their SummerSlam? It's around the same time of year, because obviously they're all. They're, this is mm. their lead into Mania. Isn't that like, I guess. Uh, Starcade though. Starcade's their Mania, isn't is it? That Mania. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I always thought Bash to the Beach was like their. Oh, I suppose. Summer yeah, Slam. that makes yeah. sense. And this would be their Survivor Series. Then. I definitely think this is meant to be like a silly, gimmicky show, because obviously the whole dressing up as Dracula and well, this the is the time stage that disappears every now and again. This time they only had four pay per views. Wasn't it? it would be Starcade, Bash at the Beach, Halloween Havoc, and Great American Bash. Oh really? Wow. Okay. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'm already thinking 12 a year. They weren't, were they? They were doing like four a year. (laughs) How would you rate this out of cornflakes, please? Uh, In terms of quality wrestling show, comparing it to like Dragon Gate or, or, I don't know, even AAA or something, it's probably like a two because there are some good matches and some good wrestlers on it, but the vast majority of it is dog shit. How do you feel about this, Nick? Well... I think it's more nostalgia for yeah. me. Being like one of my first WCW shows, I'd probably give it three cornflakes. Nice. Nice I'm and go- even. I'm going two, one for each good match. <laughs> 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 Nicely done. In terms of comedy and silliness that I enjoy, mate, this is five stars for me. It was fucking ridiculous. That opening match, like the stuff in the middle with the Phantom and Rick Rude and knowing exactly who it is the whole time. Ludicrous. Start to finish. Anything else we want to talk about this show before we move on to do a game? I had a sub title for it. Go for it. It was, uh, well, it wasn't really. It was A Night of Perms, Mallets, and 70 Porn Star Mustaches. <laughs> hey, nice. Some of them perfectly. And gimmicks as well. Yeah, it was a good choice, man. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate very entertaining. I liked it. So, we talked last week about potentially doing a special show, maybe for Wrestle Kingdom, maybe for WrestleMania, maybe even for SummerSlam as well which is all just going to be games, right? So this is one of the games that we've talked about that we're going to play this week. So the game is called One True Three Kid, kid? or what did you come up with earlier? Uh, our, our True Three Kid. <laughs> that was pretty fucking great as well. So the idea behind this game, right, is that I'm going to read you three stories, okay? One of them is a real story that actually happened to me. One story is real, two stories are not real. I will read you all three stories. We'll then go through one at a time, and you'll ask me three questions about each story, and you have to work out which one's real, okay? Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm all in. Yeah? Cool, cool. Good? Bring it on. Okay, (laughs) let's do it. So the first story... (laughs) I'm going to try and get through these without laughing or fucking up because it will help with the comedy value of it all. I will look away from you. I once almost kissed Doug Williams thinking he was my missus. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number two 
is as a cub or boy scout if you're an american i performed a backdrop on a kid and broke his ribs in front of the whole camp or the third one is at a wrestling show a zebra kid threw austin aries at me i moved a small child in front of me to protect myself <laughs> <laughs> i really hope that one's true oh yeah <laughs> so who wants to go first asking questions you're the guest i'll let you go first nick Okay, you've got three questions on each story. So the first story is I once uh, almost kissed Doug Williams thinking he was my missus. Very quickly, are we working as a team or are we working... No, you were working against each oh, okay. other. How drunk were you? Not at all. That's one question okay. down. Are we taking it in shotgun? No, 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 no. Oh, no. Nick okay. does his three first, then you can do your three about this question. So you can both hear each other's answers and stuff, you know, but you, you at the end of the game, you tell me which one is. Was your missus standing next to you? You turned away and then all of a sudden you turned back and Douglas Williams was there? Essentially, yes. Um, you know, you can say... You nearly... Can you describe the situation? Yeah. That's a question. Can <laughs> you describe the situation? Okay. <laughs> because I just done it in that question. Pretty much, Pretty much. yeah. Okay, so don't... But you, it, delete, that, delete that question. I'll, I'll do another no, one. No, no, fuck that. It's what we, you're two questions in, mate. What's your third one? My third one is... Have you nearly kissed Doug Williams? That's not that? my third one. I just, <laughs> I just clarify, and you nearly. Yes, nearly, that is okay. what I said. I nearly kissed Doug Williams. If you said you did, I would have been like, "How did it feel?" <laughs> <laughs> but nearly, okay. He yeah. had a twenty-five nearly. year career, and his legacy is going to be: Did or did you not kiss Doug Williams? <laughs> <laughs> you still uh, got a third question? Oh, I haven't. I. Um, where was it? It was for IPW, who then became Rev Pro in Sittingbourne at the Wyvern Hall. Okay. Okay, so those are your three questions. Yeah, okay. You've got three now? Yeah. Who was Doug wrestling that night? Uh, I don't remember, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. But he was definitely wrestling. He definitely wrestled on the show, yeah. Uh, James Mason. Okay. So he ends up being in the crowd during the match or was this essentially after the match and he was just standing around in the crowd he was <laughs> so he was it was after the match he was standing at the back near the merch stand and i stand at the back near the merch stand all the time because we're cheap and we get shitty tickets right my i'll just describe it my missus was standing to my left okay i was talking to my mate dave on my right I turned around to go give her a hug and a kiss because it was the end of the night and Doug Williams was standing there and I literally went like this. <laughs> kind of like yawned and went backwards. <laughs> you got one more question, I think. Did Doug note? Actually, no, more importantly, where was Nandy then? Where did Nandy go? I think she's gone to the loo or something. That was a waste of a question, but we'll go with it. It's all right. <laughs> okay, so the second story. As a cub or Boy Scout, uh, I performed... <laughs> performed in inverted commas a backbreaker on a kid and broke his ribs in front of the whole camp I thought you said in your original story it was a back body drop nope okay, backdrop back I've literally read it oh, off back there oh sorry you said backbreaker backdrop there. Oh, okay, it's backdrop back okay. yeah good three questions do you want me to go first on this one to give you time to think yeah please three okay. questions what's the name of the kid did you know him mm, he was in one of the younger groups uh, I think his name was Dave or Tom or something what activity were you undertaking when this back drop occurred okay so all i remember is we were in the camp the the head arcalery sort of dude i think you call them arcalers right yeah. i don't know you <laughs> okay cool when we're gonna do wrestling now and i went oh awesome i love wrestling <laughs> okay that's how it got together it was in a big circle and they would pick two people and they'd be like right you're gonna wrestle 
Which country was this camping? <laughs> this was in Wales. <laughs> uh, that's my three. That's my third question. That's fine. Three questions. I used to be a Cub Scout. Cool. There's no way that one's true because they'd never let you wrestle. Okay. I don't think you understand the concept of a question. That's a statement. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that's fine. You can talk about it. This game. We're allowed to talk. It's fine. You've still got three questions. Uh, I really want you asking, did the kids sell it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a thought. Did you forget the second half of the story? I broke his ribs in front of the whole camp. Is the story I've got written did, here. Did he land on anything other than the floor? He like, he landed on grass, but it was the middle of the summer. So there was no like stones or... No, it was no. just grass. Yeah, okay. I would speculate also not on his ribs. <laughs> uh, landed on his feet. Amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking very mysterious. Uh, that was one question, wasn't it? Yeah. You don't have to ask three. If you just want to ask one or two, it's fine. How old was? How old were you both? I would say I was about 13 and he was probably 10 or 11. Okay. It's about Cubs age, isn't it? I clarifying my story. <laughs> I was yeah. really hoping you were going to be like, know. I was like 13, 14 and this club counsellor was like 25. <laughs> <laughs> Last you, one. You're a Cub or a Scout? I was a Cub at the time. Okay. Okay. I won't count that yeah. as a question. Go on, you can ask someone. No, that's no. All right, no, okay, no cool, cool. All right, cool. So the last story is at a wrestling show. As Zebra Kid threw Austin Aries at me, I moved a small child in front of me to protect myself. I think you've got to go first this How time. How old was the child? How old was the child? Maybe Roughly. seven, seven or eight. Like, very small. Was it a family? It must have been a family show. Like uh, a small family show. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he was there with his dad. It was it was a bit of a mess, to be honest, at the time. Yeah, was, I was like having a, Zebra Kid was throwing Austin Aries at me. Like a local kind of show or like IPW like a bigger uh, this was PWG's European vacation okay. in Portsmouth I drove all the way to Portsmouth it's one of my so first quite a big shows. show then ish it was in a shitty sports hall and it was when indie wrestling was kind of crap yeah Austin Aries prick <laughs> <laughs> let's keep political opinions out of this okay how many questions you asked one okay one <laughs> one it was just an extension of the first that's one that's fine that's fine go on <laughs> who, who threw Austin he threw himself. Zebra Kid threw Zebra Austin kid. Aries at me. Two questions. Fuck you. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I don't. I don't know who Zebra Kid is. Uh, he's the son of Ricky Knight, who's the si- uh, he's the sister of uh, Paige. Oh, okay. He's the sister. Yes. He's the brother of oh, Paige. Brother of Paige. Zebra okay. Kid is definitely the sister. Yeah. <laughs> he was pulled out of prison to have this match. I'm not even lying. Really? Literally, was taken out of prison, had the match, and got put back in prison later wow. that afternoon. Uh no, I can't think of another one. All right. <laughs> if he was put out of prison, how the hell did his probation officer sign off on him having a match? <laughs> and how did you pre-book this match if you were in prison? The best part was when uh someone in the audience went, Oh, watch out, he's gonna stab you because the story is that he almost stabbed people with a machete. And Zebra Kid turned around and went, I'm a changed man. <laughs> the whole crap popped, <laughs> it was fucking ace. <laughs> I won't count that as a question. Go on. No, on. no, I'm having that as my question. No, nah, no, nah, it's not no. about the story. It was about the story. Oh, okay, go on one. Because uh, why was he even there? He was supposed to be in prison. I don't know. He was, he was taken out of prison to have that match. Why would I embellish that fact? Because that's <laughs> part of the things. game. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Okay, go on, Ed. Second question. Mm. Was the kid hurt at this PWG in Portsmouth at mm. seven years old? No, because my thinking, right? Was that as as Austin Aries is being thrown at me, I'm against a wall with other people. 
and I don't want to be hit by this wrestler because I can't move at all. And this is my first indie show, like big indie show. I've done like, you know, local all-star stuff. And so my thinking was that if the kid's standing in front of me and Austin Aries is running at him, he's going to bump against someone else and not me because the kid's there. So I literally just went, I just moved the kid across in front of me. Okay. That leaves me with one final question. Go for it. Hmm. So the kid wasn't hurt. No. Ricky Knight's little boy was out of prison. <laughs> he was. For a day. It was a bloody good match as well, actually, because you could tell that Austin Aries was like, what are we going to do? We're going to do this, this, and Ricky, and his Zebra Kid went, nah, fuck you, we're doing this. <laughs> and you could tell what was happening the well, whole I'm time. I'm Austin Aries, I'm definitely going to keep to all my bookings and Stop the political place. bullshit! Ask the third question. Is Austin Aries a prick? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, to be fair, go. he didn't hit me though, so yeah, it's all good. So, those are your three questions. Who would like to pick first? Which one do you think is real? Did I... Almost kissed Doug Williams at an indie show. Did I break a kid's ribs as a, a cub? Or did uh, I move a little kid in front of me as Zebra Kid threw Austin Aries at me? I'm going to go number three. I'm going to go the Doug Williams one. Okay, so you're going with Doug Williams. Doug Williams. And you're going with Zebra Kid throwing Austin Aries at me. Yes, I'm going to you at PWG. I can unveil the correct answer. It's number two. <laughs> no way. You were, There was no way you were a cub at 13, 14 years old. That's uh, scout age. Oh, whatever. I don't, I don't know the age. I don't that's what that put perfect. me off. That's what oh, put okay. me off. Sorry, man. Oh. <laughs> but that's I the was going to go for that, and then you were like, oh, no, I was like 13, I mean, in, 14. In oh, fairness, oh, let's do wrestling, which has put two yeah, people in a circle. Well. Mate, oh. I have no idea how it happened, right? I was literally just sitting in my tent, and they were like, come on, we're going to go do an activity. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, because I'm a mopey teenager or whatever, probably younger. I might have been a scout, to be fair. I don't yeah. remember. I don't think I ever read did scouts very much, though. But anyway, uh, we got dragged over, and we're all in a circle, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, we're doing wrestling. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, really? We're doing wrestling? No one explained to me this is meant to be silly playtime, like, let's just, like, muck around. And this little fucking shitbag across me is like, eyeing me up and pointing at me and stuff, and I'm just like, what have I done here? Like, getting proper aggro. Like, he's taking the piss, but I'm like, are you going to hurt me? <laughs> sort of thing. He then ran at me. I backdropped him and he landed on the floor <laughs> and started screaming and broke his ribs and got taken to hospital. It was fucking brilliant. Were you DQ'd or did you get the win? <laughs> Obviously, I got the win. Was, it, like, o- was it over the top rope, though? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you can check out all the podcast links and everything on worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter on World of Rest Pod. Facebook, which is World of Wrestling Podcast. I am at the Tax Williams on Twitter and the Instagram I occasionally use. Mine is Rich Be Thy Name on both of those. Do you want to p- plug your uh, shizzle? Just search for Burning Ring Media on YouTube. We've got some new stuff coming out soon. What's your YouTube show you do? Uh, we've got Grapple Chaps. That's an awesome name. And we've got a podcast starting up. It's not really wrestling related, but it could be cool for geeks of comic books and films and stuff like I that. I think most of our audience are nerds of some sort. Yeah. So do you want to plug your personal shit as well? Not really. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> cool, right. So we'll leave it there for today. Thank you very much. Uh, here's some terrible WCW music that I'm going to blatantly splice at the end of the podcast. Do, 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 do.